Welcome to the Spiritual Leadership Podcast with Pastor Paul Chapel, pastor of Lancaster Baptist Church and founder and president of West Coast Baptist College. Welcome to this month's edition of the Spiritual Leadership Podcast. I'm Pastor Paul Chapel, and I'm so thankful for your faithfulness to the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm very excited about our topic today as we continue talking about a continuing ministry. But before we uh, get to today's podcast lesson, I wanna just answer a few questions that have been sent in and questions that I've received that I trust will be a help and blessing to you uh, as we just share a few thoughts. The first, the first one that I've received several times is a question that I perceive to be coming from maybe a, a, an assistant pastor or a church staff member. And, and the question is basically this, uh, what do you do or say when the senior pastor doesn't seem to be listening to the idea that you've suggested? And let me just say, first of all, that as a senior pastor, uh, it's oftentimes difficult to just slow down and, and take that moment. And so I would say that the first bit of advice I would give you is try to pose the question or the idea at a moment uh, that seems more conducive for the thought. Um, you may ask for a moment, Pastor, do you have a moment? Uh, you may uh, email and ask for uh, some time together just to discuss an idea. Uh, secondly, uh, always respect the fact that he's going to give an account to the Lord, and it may not necessarily be that your idea was bad, but just that he senses the timing's not exactly right. Thirdly, make sure that you pray and, uh, and that you're seeking this uh, moment and wanting this idea uh, without any particular hinge to it, without any particular expectation. Uh, if you build yourself up with an expectation that you know, all of these ideas are gonna be implemented, uh, then you're gonna oftentimes be disappointed. And finally, let me say this, if, if you feel as though you know, the pastor just doesn't want to hear anything from me and I'm, I'm not even wanted here type of a feeling, you probably ought to ask specifically the pastor that question and just, just say, honestly, I'm not sure if, if I'm coming across properly, uh, if you want this input, uh, and, and ask him to be honest with you. Uh, periodically, there's something that's maybe just not fitting or working. If you can agree to disagree gracefully and maybe begin searching for the next uh, portion of ministry in your life, or, or sometimes it even comes to a place where a pastor may apologize, uh, and, or he may bring out to you uh, something that you didn't see in yourself, but rather than just kind of bury under and, and never deal with it, let me encourage you, God is not as interested in assigning blame as he is in solving the problem. There's a lot of people today that wanna talk about, oh, th these pastors and that ministry and this kind of ministry, and they even create a culture of that and they try to create adherence uh, and, a, and a common uh, commonality of, yep, we're the ones that had this bad experience. Well, don't let that be your identity. Either seek resolution or seek where God would have you uh, to serve with joy. And don't let this situation rob your joy. So I hope you'll get back with your pastor and the two of you uh, will come together and see some great things accomplished for the glory of God. Uh, then another question quickly. Uh, it said, uh, what about the summer reading schedules that you try to keep? A lot of people know that summer's my, my more intensive reading time. Uh, I'm always reading something. 
But uh, I've got uh, several books loaded up on my iPad right now. I'm excited to read. Uh, I have uh, biographies. I have uh, a biography uh, by, uh, that, that is rather a biography of, uh, of Abraham Lincoln this summer that someone has given to me. I have uh, not only biographies, I like to read uh, history books. I'm excited to read uh, some Civil War history. I have one uh, book on Civil War history that was given to me along with the Abraham Lincoln book. So I'll kind of be focusing there this summer. Uh, then I try to read books that are just for me. Uh, I've often read uh, lectures to my students by Charles Spurgeon, The Spiritual Leader by Sanders, Experiencing God by Blackaby, How to Pray by R.A. Torrey, uh, Prayer Asking and Receiving by John R. Rice. Um, so I want to read things that will enrich and help me. So sometimes I begin the, the, the time away by reading just something, maybe a little more recreational, historical, uh, something that's kind of a story, uh, as in the case of, the, of a biography. Then I begin reading for me personally. How can I be a better prayer warrior? Uh, what can I do in my life to uh, perhaps have a closer walk with God? Then I begin moving into strategic reading, reading that deals with ministry philosophy, uh, it might be business books like Good to Great or Execution. Um, but if I start reading the how-to and the strategy books at the beginning of some time away, I never unwind because I'm wanting to do all these ministry ideas, writing things down, emailing the office. So I try to read personally from the standpoint of just some, some uh, getting my mind away from everything, reading history. Then I try to read personally on the spiritual level and then I read strategically. And it, it usually winds out to be 10 or 12 books in the summer. And uh, I have some book lists on my uh, blog, paulchapel.com. Shoot me an email, I'll be glad to maybe send you a thought or two on a specific uh, topic if you'd like, uh, paul.chapel at lancasterbaptist.org. Well, thank you for those questions. One final question was given. What do you do when your pastor's group expects you to fellowship only with their group? What I would do is be an independent Baptist. And I would just encourage you that as iron sharpeneth iron, so a man sharpeneth the counsel of his friends. Always be thankful for your heritage, your alma mater, for everyone that's invested in your life, but keep growing and developing. And when, when it comes to men that are, uh, that are sound in doctrine and they're soul winning and they're living a holy life and they're, they're biblical Baptist and, and you can get around some good preaching or some fellowship, Take advantage of that. And if there's a guilt trip thrown on you by someone else, and if there's a, a lack of, of grace uh, by a particular group in that area, that is not your problem. And I would encourage you to just continue growing. When I came to Lancaster, California, I took a piece of paper and I drew kind of a wheel with spokes. And inside those spokes, I put the names of all the different independent Baptist fellowships. There's probably a lot more now. It's probably 50 spokes in that wheel now. But back then I put down some of the major uh, colleges, papers, and fellowships. And then I jotted down the names of some of the leaders in those groups. And I began to cultivate relationships with leaders, not in one group, but in many groups. Hence, instead of becoming the echo of a voice, I believe God allowed me to have a voice that was what He wanted me to have in ministry. So cultivate relationships like that and uh, let God uh, bring into your heart a, a, a wonderful message uh, that's based upon those kinds of relationships. Well, we've been talking about having a continuing ministry, and we talked about uh, continuing biblical outreach.
discipleship, uh, succession planning. Uh, last month we talked about integrity and the importance of having integrity lest all the wheels fall off. Today I want to speak to you about <clears throat> continuing with the spirit of sacrifice. I think it's so important that we do not merely have that spirit of sacrifice in the early days of ministry, but that it's something that we really live through our entire ministry. In fact, someone said, death comes when memories of the past supersede the visions for the future. I don't know how many people have said to me, yeah, I used to be really involved. I helped build an orphanage in Honduras and I helped build a church in Mexico and I used to go soul winning. And, and every pastor that has seen God do a great work has paid a price to see the work birthed. But what about tomorrow? Are we going to be willing to sacrifice today for the great miracles of tomorrow? Let me give you a few quick thoughts about what I believe we as leaders need to sacrifice if we're gonna see great works from the Lord in the days ahead. First, we've gotta sacrifice the status quo. We have got to have a healthy dissatisfaction for where we are today, spiritually, in the church. Uh, if we, contentment, godly contentment is, is, is great gain, but a contented spirit in the sense of losing passion is a great problem in the ministry. I love what David said to his brother Eliab, is there not a cause? Eliab apparently was happy to just have a good career in the military. David actually thought they needed to fight the victory and find the victory. And so sacrifice the status quo of position uh, or even pride. Uh, someone said today's churches are either risk-taking, caretaking, or undertaking. Where are you today? Are things going down? Are you just trying to balance? Are you risking out for the future? So sacrifice the status quo. Secondly, we must, if we're going to continue, we must sacrifice the acceptance of this world. I don't know how to get it into preachers' heads, but uh, we can try to have a cool vibe and a cool look and all the rest of it. But if you're true to the gospel, and if you're preaching the whole counsel of God, this world is not going to accept what you believe, whether it's gay marriage, whether it's alcohol, whatever it is. Uh, so stop trying to please a world that is not pleased with God unless they have the Holy Spirit living within them. And spiritual leaders have one goal, and that one goal is Jesus Christ. Someone asked Winston Churchill years ago, they said, doesn't it thrill you to know that every time you make a speech, the hall is packed to overflowing? Winston Churchill said, you know, that's quite flattering, but whenever I feel that way, I always remember that if instead of making a political speech, I was being hanged, the crowd would be much greater. So uh, don't worry about crowds, just worry about being true, to God in your life. We must sacrifice the status quo. We must sacrifice the acceptance of the world. Thirdly, we must sacrifice the philosophy of the world. Um, if we're gonna have a Christ-centered ministry, it can't be built around the philosophies of this world. You see, the early church was a countercultural church. It was not a conforming church. And I know when it comes to the subject of contextualization, uh, that as a, as a Bible-believing Baptist, I might talk a lot about, hey, don't over-contextualize. There's a fine line between preferences and conformity. And we do talk about that. Uh, and I think it's important. We see preachers all the time now playing rock songs in the church and, uh, and using vulgar language to try to somehow appeal to what? 
I think our target is the Lord, not, not those in the seats fundamentally or primarily. Uh, so be careful with the philosophy of the world. By the way, there are some men that don't contextualize because they're afraid of any change, and they're trying to please a whole different set of men. So it's the same issue, just a different uh, target audience. But this general uh, time in which we live, we're seeing churches that are forgetting Colossians 2.8, which says, Beware lest any man spoil you through the philosophy uh, uh, of this world, the philosophy and vain deceits of this world. Many times the church philosophies are carrying churches away from the truth. So be willing to sacrifice the world's philosophy. Fourthly, if we're going to see a great work done for God, we must be willing to sacrifice the resources of this world. Terry and I came to Lancaster, we had $7,000 in savings. We rented our apartment first to last month's rent. We paid for a Ryder truck. We bought probably 100 gallons of paint for that old church downtown. Uh, we made some other repairs. And I mean, it was, a, it was a matter of just a few weeks. Everything we had in savings was gone. But you know what we were saying? Lord, here we are. We're pouring our life into this work by faith. And we recently had a special offering at the church, and we made sure that our giving was of a sacrificial nature, and not saying that we could not do more and that we, that we uh, shouldn't do more, but I'm saying we're not just trying to say, well, out of my abundance, I'll do this. We're saying, Lord, we want to sacrificially honor you now, even as we did in the, in the beginning. And, uh, and I believe God will bless that. Why? Where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be also. So when it comes to sacrifice, be willing to sacrifice the status quo. Be willing to sacrifice others' opinions of you. Be willing to sacrifice this matter of using the world's philosophy or, or even finance. God is looking for men who will throw themselves completely at his feet and into his work to do what he's called them to do. Billy Sunday said, more men fail through lack of purpose than lack of heart. May God give us that purpose to sacrificially not just begin the work, but continue the work for his honor and his glory. My prayer is that you will be a continuing pastor, that you'll do today to continue in the ministry what you did in those first days to begin the ministry. God bless you. Have a great day. We trust you enjoyed this episode of Spiritual Leadership Podcast. If there's a question or topic you would like Pastor Chapel to address in future episodes, send an email to qa at lancasterbaptist.org.